I'm hoping that uh, we can get a heavy lift helicopter and maybe lift a car, uh, an automobile, and then drop it from about 200 feet. You're listening to the Rotary Wing Show, a show for helicopter aircrew by helicopter aircrew. Each episode, we travel the world to hear from the people that fly and support helicopters to learn a little bit more about their stories and pick up some tips along the way. If you want to catch up on past shows or see photos from the interviews, head over to rotarywingshow.com. You can also subscribe on iTunes. Just search for Rotary Wing Show and get future episodes direct to your phone. I'm your host, Mick Cullen. Hey, this is episode 38 of the Rotary Wing Show, and it's awesome to have you tuning in again. I hope you are doing well wherever you are in the world at the moment, and wherever you are in your flying adventure, you know, from starting straight off, whether you haven't started yet and you just love to get in, or if you've been at it for quite a few years. We're recording this in uh, late January uh, 2016, and, uh, you know, we've had a bit of weather around the globe, so Snowzilla has been uh, dubbed as a, one of the big storms, and a crazy amount of snow has been uh, dropping in in parts of the U.S., and uh, listener J.R. Robinson in Idaho sent her a, a photo of a uh, rotor hub of a, a UH-1B with uh, actually, you know, horizontal icicles forming on the rotor hub, so... I've posted that up on the uh, the Facebook page at uh, facebook.com forward slash Rotary Wing Show. You can check that out. You know, meanwhile, here in Australia, you know, we've had bushfires in, in several states and uh, it's definitely piling on the heat. And, uh, you know, we've got quite a few machines around the country on different contracts or uh, standby in support of uh, fire agencies. So a bunch of things for you in, in this episode. So let's get stuck in. You know, I cruise around the, the web a heap with uh, you know a couple of the roles I've got and you know always keeping an eye out for interesting helicopter things. So I've come across a, a website called Exploding Helicopter and it's uh, you know a website and a podcast and dedicated to it, as you'd probably guess, Exploding Helicopters in Movies. So there's a bunch of writers there and the, the team have collected an, an amazing amount of info about helicopter destruction as, a, as an art form in Hollywood movies, or as their tagline says, you're celebrating the, the cinematic art of helicopter explosion. And on the side, you'll find pages that, uh, you know, titles like the top 10 exploding helicopter films, or the uh, top 10 exploding helicopter actors, uh, the top 10 exploding helicopter directors, and the, the 10 strangest exploding helicopter scenes. So the description, you know, each of these have been written up and they obviously uh, chat about it on the podcast, but uh, I'll just read a description here for the 2004 movie, The uh, Eliminator. Uh, one of the headings there is Artistic Merit. Uh, they had this to say about the film. In keeping with the film's shoddy standards, the viewer gets swizzed with the chopper fireball. Actually blowing up a helicopter or even sometime something that looked like a helicopter was clearly a budgetary impossibility. Therefore, a dirty little cheat has been employed. As the whirlybird makes its doomed descent, it momentarily veers out of frame. The director then cuts hard to a generic shot of a fireball where it's impossible to tell what has been blown up. Disgraceful. And so there's little descriptions about this where they pull apart helicopter explosions, obviously, in, in different movies. Uh, so they give uh, top film marks go to Rambo 3, which they have to say, the holy grail of exploding helicopter films, a sacred text against which all other movies must be judged. Rambo 3 has no peer in the genre. And, you know, lots of fun stuff there. So the, the top actor comes out as, as Liam uh, Neeson. 
Uh, he comes in as the, the leading actor with 14 helicopters downed in uh, his movies. But which movie has the most helicopters blown up or destroyed in the one film? And how many were there? So that's going to be a, a bit of trivia. You stick around the end, I'll give the answer for that. I also have a list of questions from uh, Keith asking about tips from transitioning from the military uh, to the civil industry. So stick around after the interview for that. If you look at the helicopter industry calendar, it just seems like a heap of the, the big events and expos are all crammed into the, the first half of the year. So we've got HIA's Heli Expo uh, coming up at the end of Feb, early March. There's the Aerial Firefighting International in March. Heli UK Expo is in uh, July. Helicopter Investor Dubai is also in March. And there's a website called uh, helicopterlinks.com, uh, which has a, a fantastic list of, of all the uh, big expos and trade shows around the world in the helicopter industry. So uh, it's really uh, yeah good to check out and see what's on as you're traveling around or what's on in your country. So it's helicopterlinks.com forward slash shows. Also on the calendar and the topic of this episode coming up is the Rotors and Ribs Fly-In, which is July 15, 16 uh, this year. It's held in Indiana. Randy Sharkey is the chief pilot at Indiana Helicopters and the president of the not-for-profit group that organizes the Rotor and Ribs event. They fit in a huge amount of activities into this event, and Randy takes us behind the scenes and gives us an idea of what you can expect if you can make it to this year's event or a future one. All right, Randy, you've got um, quite a few different hats on. So you're chief pilot, designated pilot examiner. You're organizing an event that we've been talking about here. So it's going to be uh, Rotors and Ribs. But, um, yeah, how'd you get started and how'd you sort of collect all these titles as you uh, went along? I do. I wear a ton of hats. Uh, I actually started a uh, FBO here in northern Indiana back in uh, 1992, and I uh, I still own uh, part of uh, that business. I'm a a dual-rated airline transport uh, pilot here in the United States, uh, both uh, fixed-wing and helicopters. I'm typed in the beach jet and the Citation 550 series. I am the airport manager for our local airport, and uh, that is for the, uh, the city of Goshen. I am the uh, chief pilot for a company called Indiana Helicopters, and uh, that company also owns a 135 operation, which is Hilla Motion. And uh, their base is in Chicago, Illinois. And uh, I am the chief pilot for that company and also the company check airman for the aircraft that we have. And, uh, well, that's probably all. That's enough. <laughs> I reckon so. You still find time to run this uh, event we're going to be talking about. But uh, for overseas listeners, basically, um, Goshen Airport, from having a look at the map, it's, I guess you call it the, the Great Lakes area? It is. Yeah, up here in the United States, uh, we are located in the Great Lakes area. That's correct. Yes, sir. And if you take off and you look out your window, I don't know, well, what do you see? you see mountain ranges? Is it pretty flat up where you are? I'm guessing this time of year, recording this in, in January, it's it's snowing. It okay, is. I guess. It is. It is. Yeah, you're right. Uh, here in the Great Lakes area, it's really flat. The elevation is about 800 feet. The conditions this time of year are very cold. Today's temperature, we reached a high of 10 degrees Fahrenheit, 
and uh, we have snow in the forecast for tomorrow, somewhere between uh, three and six inches of snow. So we are right now in the heart of winter here in the Great Lakes area. Uh, yeah, I'm sitting here in shorts in Brisbane at the moment. It's uh, definitely the other end of the spectrum. Sure, rub it in. That's great. <laughs> no <worries. laughs> well, Randy, if, if you're happy, then we jump in and talk about um, rows and ribs. So it looks like it's been running for about five years or so. Is this something you got off the ground and what's the starting point for the event? It is. We love helicopters here uh, in, uh, in Indiana. And of course, our relationship with Indiana Helicopters and Hillemotion I thought it would be unique to have a helicopter fly-in. So five years ago, we began an event called Rotors in Ribs. Okay, so where did that name come from? Well, the rotors is self-explanatory. It's, uh, it's, it's helicopters. But the ribs part, we have a very good friend over in Ohio, about 100 miles to the east of us, that have the best ribs in the country and he has won many, many, many awards for these ribs that he uh, that he caters, that he barbecues. So we thought one way to get helicopter pilots to an event is to offer ribs. And that was a great attraction. So hence, one of the committee members said, hey, why don't we call it Rotors in Ribs? So that's how the, the name began. And, and you're right, this year, 2016, marks our fifth year anniversary. So tell us about the first one. What was the was it a pretty low key thing? Like, like we'll go into the details for this one, but you've managed to you know bring a heap of stuff together for it. But uh, it yeah, talk us through the first one. It was it was, it was very low key, uh, strictly just a fly in. It was just a one day event. I think it was maybe three or four hours total. And that first event, I think we attracted eighteen helicopters, and and that was big. That was big. And after doing some online research, I discovered there were two, maybe three other helicopter-only fly-ins in America. And uh, so I looked to see what they did, and I grabbed some ideas that they were successful at. And I've implemented those ideas over the years and have, have grown now, Rotors and Ribs, to what we believe is the largest helicopter air show in America. And we're going to try to get 50 or 60 helicopters here this year. Uh, that's not a bad effort. And in terms of committee, like, you know, how big is the committee who's actually trying to put this together? Yeah, we have, uh, I oversee the committee. I started it uh, again uh, five years ago with this brainchild. And uh, the committee has grown to about 18 directors now on the committee. And each director has their own area of responsibility of what they are in charge of that day. So one guy, one director might be in charge of automobile parking. Another director might be in charge of food concessions. Another director might be in charge of the air show, so on and so forth. So it takes this, this committee of, of 18 directors to pull off a show of this magnitude. Now, the director in charge may have 10, 20, volunteers under them and they report right to that director for example the parking committee that's about 25 30 people uh, that will park 500 to a thousand cars that day that takes a lot of people so it's it's 18 it's 18 individuals working together to make this event the success that it has grown to today 
All right, and, and talk us through the program. So it's a it's a Friday Saturday thing. It's uh, we're talking the the fifteenth and sixteenth of uh, July. Um, but uh, when you when you turn up on the on the Friday, you know what sort of stuff's going to be happening around the place. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about uh, July fifteenth and sixteenth. Those are the dates: fifteenth and sixteenth as a Friday and, and Saturday. Friday's event is going to begin later in the day, probably right around five o'clock here uh, in the Great Lakes area, and it will begin with helicopter demonstrations from the different manufacturers and VIP rides. You know, whether it's the mayor, whether it's the different council people, uh, we will offer them rides. Sponsors, you know, people that have given us money to put on this event. We will offer them rides as well. At 6 o'clock in the evening, we will have a town hall meeting. It is sponsored by HAI, and we will have their president, uh, Matt Sakaro, here speaking. He will be the, the host of that town hall meeting. Uh, he was here last year with us, and he drew about 120 pilots, owners, and operators to that, that meeting. And it, it was really nice. I mean, it was uh, we had a, a beautiful corporate hangar that was conducted in, and it was well-received. Uh, Matt's just a great guy. And he really took time after the meeting to meet individuals who wanted to talk, you know, one-on-one to him. So that was such a success that we've invited him back to uh, speak again on Friday night at 6 p.m. At 7 o'clock, we will have uh, a social hour with drinks and live music. We will move over outside to the VIP tent, and that's where that will be held. I'm anticipating probably 200 people will yeah, be, that uh, would be a, in that tent. That would be a fairly popular part of the uh, <laughs> the event. It will be, yeah. Yep. At 7.30, we're going to have an old-fashioned Hooser barbecue. At uh, 9 o'clock that night, we will have a Twilight Air Show, and it will feature... The Shockwave Jet Truck. If you've never seen it, make sure you Google that. It's called the Shockwave Jet Truck. It is a it's a semi type truck with three call them three after burning jet engines. He reaches speeds of three hundred miles per hour going down the runway. That's crazy. Because fantastic. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, we used to have the the, the Gold Coast Indy on, on obviously the, the Gold Coast, and there's a jet truck there. But yeah, it was just the one yep. engine. And I remember, you know, I must have been you know about twelve or thirteen. You got it <laughs> behind, yep. behind the yep. concrete barriers, and, and that thing was just amazing. But <laughs> okay, yeah. three, three so, engines. So imagine three after burning jet engines on a semi. It is one of the largest air show draws that we have. I mean, you think of an air show, you think of F-16s, the Thunderbirds, the Blue Angels. Oh no, everybody loves the Shockwave. So. Uh, I've got him coming to our event. He will do this private air show on that Friday night. Also, we've got the Batcopter, and uh, that is the original helicopter used in the Batman TV series back in the 60s, and he's also bringing the Batmobile as well. Uh, that night, we'll have the Sky Soldiers. They're part of the Army, uh, the Army Aviation Heritage Foundation, and they're uh, based uh, south of Atlanta, Georgia in the southern part of the United States, down to the Gulf of Mexico. And they've got two Cobras and two Yui's that they'll be bringing to the uh, to the show, and they will participate that evening with demonstrations, and the Cobra is going to race the Shockwave. 
so what's really cool is that we're putting on a private air show just for those attendees on Friday night. And then we will end the evening with a fireworks extravaganza following the 30-minute air show. So that's all happening on Friday, July the 15th. All right, but back up to the um, to the barbecue there, Randy. I haven't heard of a, a, a Hoosier barbecue before. Can you talk us through that one? <laughs> the Hoosier. Uh, the state of Indiana is called the Hoosiers, and there's nothing like an old-fashioned Hoosier barbecue. We're going to uh, have uh, probably pulled pork that night, and uh, it will be uh, we're going to barbecue it right here on site. And, and and believe me, it's some of the best pulled barbecue you'll ever experience. And uh, so that's what we're calling it, the old-fashioned Hoosier barbecue that evening. <laughs> Very good. And the um, the bad copter, is that is it, it's a still flying condition? It's a, you know, I take it to Bell 47, but um, it's still operational or it's a static display? What's the... Oh, yeah, it's very much still operational. You're right. It, it is an old Bell 47. And again, if you get a chance to Google that and you can check that out. But he takes it to different air shows throughout the country each year. And we were fortunate enough to be able to lock in. We've got him reserved. He's already booked. The contracts are signed. And uh, this will be a first for us to have the Batcopter. And it's also a first for us to have the uh, Shockwave jet truck here at our show. Uh, excellent. Okay. So that's um, Friday night. All right. What, that? what happened Saturday? That's Friday only. That's Friday only. Absolutely. And then Saturday, that's the big day. That's the day that's invited that we are open to the public. Uh, so uh, we are uh, inviting the public to come out and join us that day and uh, participate and, uh, and everything that's going on. And uh, we are going to start off really early in the morning on Saturday, July 16th, with the 5K rotor run. And uh, that's where I close the runway off and let the public participate in the 5K run, walk, jog, whatever they want. Um, they have to register. They'll get some free T-shirts, uh, some custom T-shirts that say uh, Rotors and Ribs 5K Rotor Run. And that lasts about an hour. That's from 8 a.m. until uh, about 9 a.m. The, the gates will open then to the general public at 10 a.m. that morning. And that's when all the commercial exhibits will open. And let's talk about the commercial exhibits. That would be similar to a smaller version of HAI where the different manufacturers will display their products. I know Bell plans on bringing a helicopter, probably a 407 GX. Instrum Helicopter Corporation is going to bring, I think, a 480B and probably a piston model, a 280FX. Airbus plans on having two or three helicopters here. We're not sure exactly which ones, uh, but certainly they will be displaying uh, more than likely the H-125, probably uh, an H-120, and uh, more than likely an H-130 as well. And uh, Augusta Westland and, uh, is going to have uh, a display here. Not sure exactly what model. And then we're going to have uh, helicopter support type vendors, whether it's uh, Chopper Spotter, whether it's tooling, we have different exhibitors starting to sign up now where they want to display their goods to. So if you're a helicopter pilot, owner, an operator, whatever, you'll enjoy just going through the exhibits. So again, those open at 10 a.m. At 10.30, 
We have helicopter rides for the general public. We also, the kids' zone will open. The kids' zone is a bunch of inflatable uh, toys that the kids can play on. As far as rides this year, there'll be an Instrum helicopter here doing rides. The uh, Sky Soldiers, they offer UE helicopter rides for $65 per person. And then they also offer Cobra rides. And I want to say they're charging $300 per person, but if you've never had a Cobra ride, this is such a great opportunity to do it. Uh, it's about a 12-minute ride, and it's one of those deals that you'll remember your lifetime. So there'll be oh, various yeah, helicopter that, rides. Uh, that would be a hoot. I mean, the, the Huey rides would be popular, I know, but uh, yeah, look, the Cobra ride would be awesome. I'd love to have a go in a Cobra. It, yeah, it is. It's, it's a great time. At uh, 1030, uh, HAI, again, we're going to have a safety seminar going on. That'll be over in uh, our Indiana helicopter hangar. It's one hour. It's from 1030 to 1130. And again, um, HAI will be providing that uh, seminar that day. At uh, 11 o'clock, the rib tent opens up as well as the VIP tent will open up at the same time. The rib tent and the VIP tent are, are, are two separate tents. So as a corporate sponsor, as a VIP, as a performer, whatever, you can go sit in the uh, in the VIP tent. It's up to, next to the show line. Great seating for the air show. It's all free complimentary food. And uh, that's something new I'm using this year is separating and, and, and trying to give the corporate sponsors a little more recognition and uh, a little more enjoyment here at the show. Speaking of show, at 1 o'clock, and it will last until 3 we are billing it as America's largest helicopter air show, starring the Shockwave Jet Truck, the Sky Soldiers, the original Batcopter, helicopter demonstrations, and other exciting acts. So, besides those three I just mentioned, what else are we going to do? Well, we're going to we're going to uh, probably have the uh, Cobra race the Shockwave again because, again, the first night is by invitation only. And in the general public, we'll get a chance to see, uh, to see this sort of thing. We'll have uh, probably uh, hoist demonstrations. I'm hoping that uh, we can get a heavy lift helicopter and maybe lift a car, uh, an automobile, and then drop it from about 200 feet. Also looking for a fire-suppressing demonstration. Probably get a pool of water and have a Bambi bucket. And then we will demonstrate to the public how helicopters put out forest fires. also like to have a police helicopter and police cars, and we will uh, have a bad guy being chased by the cars and the helicopter. I uh, hope to have the United States Coast Guard on site. We will, we will demonstrate how they do search and rescue missions and probably go land out in the field and demonstrate them hoisting somebody up from the water into the helicopter. So the idea is to, to really show the public what we do as helicopter uh, operators, and it's not only educational, but it's also very entertaining as well. So it's really just a great combination. And uh, so, again, we're calling it America's largest helicopter air show because it's all about helicopters is what it comes down to. And then the final event, the, the finale, at 3 p.m. is going to be, we are going to attempt this is the Guinness World Record attempt for the most helicopters in flight formation at one time. I actually have a director in charge who has done his research 
And up until recently, the Russians held that record of 25 helicopters in formation at one time. So I thought, okay, I get 26 helicopters and I have the record. Well, to my surprise, just about 20 minutes ago, I got an email from the guy in charge, and he tells me, let me get it for you. I'm going to bring it right up and read it just as it says. He goes, Randy, apparently the Harakis went after the Russians before we could. The new record now was set on January the 6th is 30 helicopters in formation. So we're going to need to shoot for 31. Instead of going after the Russians, we are now going to have to take on Iraq. So that is our goal. You know, it's a fun kind of competition as well. If I can get 31 helicopters to fly in formation in front of this airshow crowd, then we will move this record back to America, back to the United States. So that's happening at uh, 3 o'clock as we attempt to break the world record for the most helicopters in formation at one time. All right, it's that's great. Pretty, yeah, pretty spectacular. So you're talking 6th of January, as in just just happened. The Iraqis have just done a, that formation. They did, yeah. What about I, I, I uh, just just aside? I don't know. I guess in Vietnam there would have been some pretty big formations, but uh, well, I think I was in a, in a 20 or a 21 here in Australia, and mm-hmm. it probably took us about 40 minutes to to actually <laughs> start up and taxi and form up and actually get going. So uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the logistics behind it. It is. Again, I have a director in charge, and then he will have a committee underneath him. It is very, uh, it's a logistic nightmare because you have 31 pilots, some of them not professional pilots. They're civilian pilots. They're private pilots. So, yeah, it's going to be tricky to do this, and it's going to require some meetings ahead of time to do it. And uh, we have to be careful. I mean, let's face it, we're putting up 31 helicopters in the same airspace all at the same time. There is a risk there, so we have to be careful on what we're doing. But, yeah, we have researched it, and, and of course, Guinness World Records is going to be here. We've had to pay a fee to get them here. So they will be observing what's going on. So, again, it's all part of Rotors and Ribs 2016 of bringing that record back to the, or bringing that record to the United States. Oh, good luck with that. And uh... Thanks. Dropping the uh, the car from the helicopter again. I've been to one where a Navy Sea King, uh, and they had the whole spiel with it that you know someone had been parking illegally, and they'd had to, to to pick up this car, and and then the car was paraded up and down the front of the uh, the show line, and then uh, yeah, they they punched it off. It was a, a a good hit with the crowd. It is, and we make an act out of it. I actually hire an actress, and I have the announcer throughout the day saying, hey, we've got this car parked where it's not supposed to be parked. Whoever owns this car, we need you to move it. Well, of course nobody owns a car. It's our car. You know, the engine's taken out of it. The windows are taken out. The gas tank's taken out. So we we, we read this every 15, 20 minutes. And then finally, as part of the act, the announcer says, you know what? I got to move this car because it's in the way. So let's let's bring this heavy lift helicopter over. So the copter comes over. It hovers over the car. They strap it up. And up it goes 200 feet. So the actress that I've hired now comes screaming out of the crowd saying, hey, that's my car. That's my car. Drop my car. She comes up to the announcer stand and she's screaming to the announcer, you've got to drop my car right now. I didn't know I was supposed to park there. So the announcer says, okay, we'll drop your car. And guess what? He radios to the pilot and, sh- and he drops the car <laughs> from 200 feet right in front of the public. And the public thinks, oh, my goodness, they just dropped that lady's car. 
course, it, it you know falls into a million pieces when it hits the ground. And then the announcer says, you know, this was all made up. Don't worry about it. You know, it's not it's not for real. And it's kind of like the police chase. The announcer says, hey, everybody stand back. Apparently, we've got a bad guy on the field. The police are in pursuit. Let's get that sheriff's helicopter in the air. Maybe they can help out as well. You know what? It looks real. It looks really real. And uh, I did that last year, and it was such a hit that I'm going to bring it back this year. And again, part of it is the educational experience, showing the crowd you know, the role that helicopters play in the law enforcement community. No, that's that's great. Uh, the, the only other one that Randy I think of that I've seen is a uh, a drunk uh, in in uh, air quotes uh, pilot demonstration where you know, uh, you know oh, hang on Billy he's just left the the tent and he jumps in the R twenty two and this R twenty two is sort of you know rocking all around the place as a, a bit of a, a flight demonstration. But then with the the story behind that he's been drinking and then you know you can I guess throw on an educational type thing like that. But uh, again, that was it. The, the crowd was seeing this helicopter. Rock backwards and forwards with a, uh, a supposed pilot under the uh, under the influence. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, that's exactly what we're looking to pull off here. So, I think I could make the air show probably about two hours long with uh, all the acts that I have planned right now. And again, it's a helicopter only air show. Yeah, we're throwing in the shockwave jet truck, but he's racing the Cobra, so I can still include that as part of the helicopter air show. And the bat copter will perform. Last year, I had Otto, the uh, helicopter, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Otto, O-T-T-O, but he has since sold his business. That was Roger Bias, and he has sold Otto to a company, and I think he's going to be in Europe this entire summer. But Otto is a great helicopter uh, act. Uh, he's performed at many air shows, and it's well-received. And uh, so maybe sometime I can get Otto back if he ever comes back in the United States, but that's who we had last year. And, of course, you know the Red Bull. Chuck has uh, retired from the uh, the Red Bull, and we no longer are going to have that air show act to work with. Uh, we're hoping someday that may come back, sponsored again by Red Bull. So we're we know we've lost a couple of helicopter acts here in the United States, and it's not like they're plentiful to begin with. So uh, we're 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 taking the 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 two or three that we know of and bringing them to the Great Lakes region again on July 15th and 16th for an event that we call Rotors and Ribs. Fantastic. Okay, Randy, how do folks, um, if they're interested in coming along or uh, want to fly in or display, what's the best place to come and get information? They can get information a number of ways. Let's talk first about uh, the uh, the internet. And uh, they can just simply do rotorsandribs.com. That's one way to get the information. We also will have a link on our webpage, which is indianahelicopters.com. And if they want to talk to somebody in person, here comes a phone number. It's 574-238-1000. If they want to email me directly, it's randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at indianahelicopters.com. And uh, if they want to participate as an exhibitor, I will simply refer them on to that director in charge. Uh, any other questions, I'll connect them with the right people. I look forward to hearing from anybody or anyone that has questions. That I uh, would like to hear from them. That looks like a lot of fun, Randy. So, yeah, I can't wait to uh, I'll keep an eye out on, on social media and things like that. And uh, I hope you're videoing a lot of these acts too. So we can share that around and have a look. Absolutely. I appreciate you. I appreciate your time as well. All right. Well, thanks, Randy. We'll, um, yeah, we'll let folks chase it up. And uh, thanks for having the time to chat. Absolutely. Have a great day today.
That was Randy Sharkey from Indiana Helicopters and the president of the Rotors and Ribs flying and talking about what you can expect if you can get to this year's show. And one of the great things about the helicopter industry, especially you know the reach that iTunes has, is that I get to hear from you know some of you from from all over the globe. And it's, look, it's a lot of fun and, and very much a privilege too to, to hear what you guys are up to and be involved in part of that. Now, Keith, a listener, he's sending a, a question and I'm hoping that you might be able to help me answer it. So here's Keith. Hi, Mick. This is Keith from the United States. And my question today is about uh, military to civilian transition. Uh, there's a lot of us that have been transitioning recently and uh, the answers aren't quite as easy as they used to be. It used to be the clear answer was to to go to the Gulf and do offshore work, but with that industry uh, in depression, there's none of those jobs available. Uh, if you're over 2,000 hours, it's still easy. You go to medevac. If you're under 1,000 hours, easy answer there. You you go back to school and get Robinson time and instruct. But the, the difficult one seems to be for those of us that are maybe just over 1,000 hours or just over 1,500, uh, we're a qualified for for some jobs but not competitive so my question for everyone would be what can we do to make ourselves more competitive we're we're in that 1,000 to 2,000 hour range Uh, should we look at vertical reference long line courses uh, ATP courses firefighting courses would those be a, a waste of time and money or would they be good things to do to make ourselves more competitive thanks so while I've kind of done that transition from the military to civil, it's been a really limited experience that I've had because I've been in the same flying gig since I got out, so I can't pass on uh, too much advice. What I did say, Keith, is from a, you know, a mental health point of view, it's really important to uh, look forward and have some goals to be working towards and to you know, make sure that your future looks and feels bigger uh, than your past because sometimes if you keep looking back at what you did in the, in the military – then you can get caught up in the idea that you know some of your best flying is behind you, and you'll never get that sort of rush and that uh, achievement uh, and a sense of um, you know camaraderie again. And if if you do too much of that, then you can really get down on yourself. You know, looking back at what's been. So having that that big future uh, that you're focusing on and, and moving towards is something that I'm, I think is really really important from that um, you know mindset approach if you're doing that transition. The other thing is to you know, and this goes for everyone, is always be working on your network. So you don't want to wait until you get out of the military and then start trying to build a network in the industry. Uh, you want to keep in touch with all your unit buddies that have left before you, and then it might be in positions to, to vouch for you in a company or that can keep an ear to the ground for openings that might be coming up. And LinkedIn is a awesome tool for this. In terms of what specifics, in you know, what courses to pick up or skills to get and where to head to start looking for work, that's where I'm hoping that you, know, you, the listener, can chip in with your advice, not only for, for Keith, but everyone else that's either looking to transition from the military or really just in, in generally, if people are in the, in the job market, uh, what advice do you have? So if you've got any advice, please do leave a, a comment on this episode, episode 38, over at rotarywingshow.com so that we can uh, share that around. If you've got a, a question that you would be happy to include in the show, like Keith's done, uh, and if you want to you need, you know, give your company a shout out and tell us about where you are in the world, then please do send in an audio clip like uh, Keith has done so I can include that. So you, you can record that on your phone or use the recording widget on the uh, show website and we can incorporate that and you know, add a bit of interactivity to the show. Back to our helicopter slash movie trivia question from the, the start of the episode. 
So the question was, which movie saw the most helicopters blown up or destroyed in the one film, and how many were there? So the answer is the 2012 movie Battleship, where eight CH-53s are blown up in one one minute and 30 second scene. And you can see the carnage in all its glory on the blog post for this episode, where I'll include a, a short YouTube video. Uh, and it's also just a lot of fun trawling through the other movies on the Exploding Helicopter website. Well, okay, we covered a, a lot of ground this episode. So please do uh, support the show sponsors at trainmorepilots.com if you are looking for online marketing consulting for your helicopter training operation or if you're looking to, to reach more students. From the feedback I'm getting, it sounds like someone, either a, you know, a student or a, a staff member, finds the show and then shares it around with the rest of the students at the flight school. So I'm just seeing it since growing sort of organically like that. So if you have introduced someone to the Rotary Wing Show, thank you very much. And if you take a moment to leave a review on iTunes, that really helps out too and will be very grateful. We're glad to know that I have the next episode mostly recorded and just needs a bit of editing, and that should go live in a couple of days as well. It's a slightly different format, and I want to thank Doug Williams for helping to get this one together for you. We'll be hearing about what it was like to learn to fly and pass a commercial helicopter test in the 1960s in the U.S., I've been your host, Mick Cullen, and wishing you all the very best for the week ahead.